Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and T-shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss. PlushCare.com slash weight loss. In the individualistic world we live in, it's not every day that you see a creative championing other creatives, let alone creating an actual space for them to thrive, operate, and profit. But that is Fabulous Places to a T. Meet Deb Kendall, the entrepreneur who for the past 10 years has been curating incredible markets for small businesses. She has raised the bar. If you want to dive into the mind of someone that is constantly connecting with small businesses, understanding how to connect and sell, and how to present your business, this one is is for you. Let's go team. Um, I think I've got croissant in my teeth. How do I look? It's nothing obvious. You bought me pastries this morning. I, I couldn't resist. I'm, like, <laughs> I'm gonna have. I'm gonna have a pan au chocolat. Yeah. But how are we doing? I'm good. Yeah. Yeah, I'm good. We're. Um, we need to turn that heater off, actually. Oh yes, we do. That, that is really bad. Oh. <laughs> But here we are. Well, you know, we're just genuine, aren't we? It's just a genuine <laughs> podcast. We're in a, you know, nice we're and in an old building. It's chilly. Um, everything's recording. We're up and running, and you're here in front of me again. Boom. Um, we turned on adverts, didn't we, over the weekend? Yes, Should we, we talk did. about that quickly. Yes. So, where are you flying off to next with your Jet Two holiday? Oh, well, I've got three pounds seventy six to spend. Um, so, yeah. So, so we talked very candidly, haven't we, on this podcast before about? The kind of lo- the longevity of it and the the plan. Um, it's hard to you know Spotify haven't put like a forty million pound offer on the table yet, have yeah, they? That's that it. that that's feels like a long way away, um, and I don't doubt that's ever going to happen. You're not Joe Rogan, but so. we have we have talked we have talked about you know the fact that there's going to come a point when the podcast does need to kind of generate some income. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, we need to monetize gonna, it. We're not going to hide. We're not going to hide from that. Um, because at the moment we do it for well actually we do it at cost we do it at an expense yeah. we we spend money on it so it needs to make something and over the weekend we well, we moved to a new platform didn't we mm-hmm. recently um, and we did that partly to allow us to put adverts in yeah that are a bit of out of our control we always kind of had this idea that we were just going to be we're going to be in control of the people that we want to sponsor us and that's great but actually it feels like there's an opportunity there in front of us that we might have just turned we might have thought we were too good for but actually could 
could serve as a good yeah purpose. exactly exactly and it can be very much that british mentality of like nah we want any yeah. any money from it nah we will stay quite coy about it and you just let it run naturally but no it is needed really so yeah. yesterday i got a call from sam or it was a text saying we've made three pound 87 from the yeah. podcast <laughs> Yeah, we are absolutely. <laughs> and I'm like, off. how? <laughs> and then even today, we checked today, like a day later, it's up to a tenner. We've made a tenner. There we go. Two days so running. <laughs> we are. We're on. We're on the. We're on the roll. So know. if you're getting adverts, that is why. And yeah. hopefully yeah. you can just appreciate why you are why you are being served those adverts. Exactly. And yeah. let us know what you, the audience, think of them and how you're finding the experience. Is it deteriorating from what you're actually used to, or actually you actually don't care? You're actually quite. Yeah. Look, it's, it it's thirty forty seconds for a podcast that's hopefully going to bring you. So much value, value. And, and enjoyment. Yes. So we are another idea. A podcast for creatives and entrepreneurs. Who just want to level up their business. Indeed, indeed. And we're here today with another magnificent guest that I'm very excited about chatting to. Yes, indeed. Um, we are here with Deb Kendall from Fabulous Place. Good How are you doing, Deb? I'm good, thank you. You? Very yeah, very good, good thank, thank you. you. We're not to call her Deborah. <laughs> you, unless, you can if, unless she does if I've done some, yeah if I've done something wrong you, if, she's, you, if she's a bit naughty we can call her down go for it it's fine <laughs> thank you for thanks for coming to the studio how are you Pleasure. I'm good sun shining but it's Baltic outside oh, so, I know yeah. it is it is feeling slightly confused we're meant to today. have the coldest night of the year tonight and Amazing. but the sun is shining strong. what a difference what a difference that makes do you have your sunglasses mm. on the drive over from peter this morning i didn't actually i never regretted it because yeah, i left I on the would. other car so yeah done it but yes <laughs> is that a car that's got a full battery yes it has yeah. <laughs> it has oh. become <laughs> are you are you electric no, 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 oh, you're not. He just has this tendency and ability to run his battery flat. Um, <laughs> By leaving the car in, lights on. I have to come and, oh, have to come and, jump, okay. have to come and jump start his car. <laughs> the things that we do for each other, eh? Yeah, it hasn't um, been twice now. But no, um, saying that again, thank you so much for coming, Deb. And yeah, we're really super excited about what you got to say and, and give really because you've created something really incredible with Fabulous Place. Oh, thank you. Um, just... I mean, let's not beat around the bush. Merla described you as a legend this morning. Oh, she's, she's so... Legend. She's <laughs> a legend. I, I will like, pay okay. her before I leave. <laughs> Superwoman for businesses. So, so, yes, just tell us about you and your story, really, just how you started, really, with Fabulous Place. Um, gosh, so I started initially, it was just a Sunday morning idea, so I would go to little villages or when we were just out and about walking the dogs and I'd find a gorgeous independent business and I'd just take the card, gathered them all together and suddenly had this kind of binder of cards and then I'd find that friends would say, oh, we're nipping to Ashbourne, we're going here, where would you recommend? And I could just reel off, go here, then go there and don't forget to pop in there before you go home. So So you're like the real Google. Yeah, yeah, (laughs) that's it. Yeah, and it wasn't a monetizing thing at first. It was a, what what do I do with all of this? Um, So I was a PA at Mm -hmm. the time, working full time, but always did something creative on the side. Um, And my husband, who is a software developer, does all of that kind of stuff, well, put it online. I said, oh, I'll do a blog. No, 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 I'll build your website. Um, And then people can go on and use it, put all those places on. And then um, I just worked away on that at the side and then we went away on holiday came back and we'd kind of the whole country had fallen into a recession and at the time I was a PA for a chap in the employment kind of industry and if you had a job you weren't moving so I quickly realized that 
I was surplus because I just wasn't needed. And he, he had kind of got to the stage where I could see he was slightly concerned about mm-hmm. even his position. Um, so I was made redundant. And I remember going outside, phoning David, my husband, and letting him know. He said, how do you feel? I went, I think I'm absolutely fine. He said, so are you going to go ahead and have a go at Fab Places? Mm-hmm. Well, I feel like I've got to now. And I'm, I'm a big believer in fate. Not so much losing your job. for you know, it, At the time, it was a bit kind of, this is kind of pushing fate. But it can it be was. a good propeller, can't it? Absolutely. Yeah. Because it was a good job, monthly income. I don't know if I would have taken that leap. It was quite scary, especially when you've got a mortgage and dogs. It's expensive. (laughs) And how long had you been doing fabulous place? Dog insurance just goes through the roof year on year. Oh, my goodness. Can we just talk about that for a second? They're food. And then, you know. What the hell is going on with dog insurance? I haven't even got a dog. No, (laughs) don't. They're really expensive. (laughs) They are super expensive. So when you've got all of these costs, yeah, it was suddenly a, oh, okay. Yeah, but being made redundant, it does come with this little pocket of money and it gives you a buffer to kind of explore a little bit. Yeah. And how long had you been doing Fabulous Place um, be- before you got re- made redundant? So I'd been working away on it probably for about a year, mm-hmm. um, just creating the website and getting a feel for exactly what it was I wanted it to be. Yeah. Um, and it was just a, every moment that I had, I would just, because building a website in theory is, is really easy but actually it takes you like 10 years to get it to the point that you want it to it's really time consuming even so, then i'm still not sure it's and you're always right, yeah it? no and then you realize that what you did at the beginning you don't like anymore so it's it's a cycle um so yeah it it, it was probably about a year by which point i'd that passion and I, I thought there's something here and i would really much prefer to be doing this than being a pa and mm-hmm. so there was definitely it's, that it's push. amazing how how often that happens but like just hearing you talk about like mm. you've been working on it for a year it was kind of like everything just started to fall into place. It did. And yeah, it was meant to be, I feel. If you, I think if you'd have got to that stage and hadn't have been working on it, I think it probably would, even though if, even if it had just been an idea, yeah. I'm still not convinced that maybe, I think people need to just put that groundwork yeah. in, don't they? Before yeah, I'd invested quite a lot. It, yeah, if it was mentally know. or actually the time. So I, I, I knew it had something, whether it was a business thing at the, at the time, I wasn't quite sure, but... Um, Luckily, I've got a really supportive husband and he was like, just go for it, see what happens. Yeah. And I did that. And it did. It was that difficult decision in that I needed to then, like you guys have just had that conversation, I needed to make it money-making because yeah. I think it took me probably two years with Fab Places. Not no, initially. No. Well, initially, yeah, I was <laughs> like, this okay, is fine. Yeah. I've got a bit yeah. of money at the side. <laughs> and yeah. David's really supportive. You know, it's all good. And then suddenly it was kind of actually, yeah. Yeah. So just for people listening now, so just just tell us what what it is you actually do. Like what, just paint a picture of where it sits now as a okay. as a brand and a, and a business. So where it is now is very different to how it started. Mm-hmm. Um, I didn't have a business plan, and I like to just follow opportunities and what looks fun. So now it is primarily a events business. So I create markets for small independents. I bring them together in a gorgeous venue and with the community of visitors that I've built over the years organically, there's a date in in the diary where people can come shop with small independent businesses, have amazing food and just kind of have that moment away. And I think over the years, they've definitely become that date where people are planning to meet up with friends mm-hmm. and it's not just come and buy something and leave. There's, there's more to it and yeah. it's more the community that I've built over the years of makers and the the guys that support me and and kind of 
book a ticket each time I announce an event. It's a, a get together and recognise people and they, they kind of supported from the very beginning from my first event. So mm-hmm. it is primarily the markets right now and then anything else creative that I like the look of and I think will be fun, then I'll dive into that as yeah. well. I think it's really important just to be right, really clear on, on how it looks as well, visually and aesthetically. It's not just like... Um, I suppose it's like a, there's a spectrum, isn't there, of what people might think. It's not like you're just going mm. into like an old school hall that's just yeah. a bit run down and people have got like these visions of like uh, old scout fairs where yeah. it's like just yeah, a little it. table that's popped up and yeah. there's some Tupperware on the no, side with no. some like, you know, put your money in the jar. It's not like that. Like, you walk in and, and straight away it's like visually like inspiring and creative and it... On like, nail on take, the head, you've yeah. You've kind of just taken yeah. that experience that you would expect kind of from like a really like lovely shop on the high street yeah, that's it. taking it into a a space where you kind of bring those people together yeah absolutely um, and that that's the focus for me behind it and I'm always motivated by each time it has to feel not different but where people walk in and the kind of I don't know which way yeah, to go a certain level of expectation and, yeah, yeah there is no it comes with a bit of pressure but it's good because it's creative and I think that's the root of it is it, I can be creative with it. So it's fun and different every time. No, it's amazing. And even doing my research, I was very much like, I didn't know what to expect. Yeah. Um, so I was, <laughs> when Mella told us, um, like the premise of you and what you do and everything else, I was like, mm, I'm not sure. But did then you, Did you doubt Mella? <laughs> <laughs> that... she'll, she'll pop in in a minute. <laughs> no, no, got doubted you. But then I look at it and I see your website, I see your Instagram and the visual aspect of it. And I'm like, oh, I get it. I really get it. Yeah. The aesthetic is on point, like Thank you. beautiful. Like you've built something very, very strong visually. And how's that, how's that journey been in, in terms of like building the brand visually really and perhaps working with other, other creatives? Yeah. It's, it's, an, it's nonstop really. And I think when you're creative, you're always looking back at what you've done and looking at how you can improve it and I'm surrounded by so many talented amazing people that you can't help but be inspired to keep improving and progressing Um, but over the years I think because I'm self-taught my husband showed me the basics with Photoshop we did initially for the website go to a designer and he sent me back this um, it looked like a shopping website with ladies holding shopping bags. I was like, no, no, that is definitely not what it is. <laughs> you so I was the brief. Yeah, I'm like, that's this isn't going to work, but thanks. Um, so I designed it myself, and over the years, so all of the visuals that you see are mine, and I think that's really important to the me. Signs, the bags, everything. Absolutely. Yeah, everything, and it, there needs for me because it's such a big thing now people want and they want to buy into it and they want a little piece of it so that's where mm-hmm. the bags came from um because I would go to an event and you would see the bag and you're like, well, I'm, of course I'm going to have one of those because I'm going to keep that forever and it's a little, lovely little reminder um but the bags are amazing and I love to see them I'll, I'll often be in Sainsbury's and I'll see them and I'm like, <laughs> yes <laughs> that's mine yeah. thank you very much uh, but it's all about the little touches and I love I'll go to places just on a day out because I know it will be inspiring. So there's certain, I'll go to London quite regularly just to get that inspiration. Mm-hmm. And that's where the idea of the markets came from. So I would travel a long way. Um, ironically, I would go to the centre of London to go to the Country Living Fair. Mm-hmm. And you'd walk in and it was amazing, but it's in the middle of London. And why yeah. isn't there anything like that in Derbyshire? So that was the idea. And I wanted to bring the word market because it is cool. And you would go to London, it would be a market and it would just be in a brick building, in a mill. And it would be, you know, the coffee would be amazing and the shopping would be, you know, 
really, really good and you kind of stop yourself from spending. So that's what I wanted to bring up to Derbyshire because there just wasn't anything up here back in 2009. There was there was the, the fairs and um, things like that, but nothing that you would walk into and think, well, this is going to be expensive. Yeah, you're touching on a perfect point, really. Um because I had it as one of the questions, especially where I live, Peterborough, there's not many very much, uh, at least I can visually see a, a space. not very cool place, is it? <laughs> <laughs> let's, just, let's just be, let's just put, let's just be re- really honest. It, it can't be an inspiring city to live in. It, it is, it is. I've not been, but, so this is on you. <laughs> no, whenever, there's a reason Whenever I talk been. to people, they're very much like, oh yeah, Peterborough, you've got a really good service station, haven't you? Yeah, <laughs> that's cool. <laughs> That was one on us. Yeah. <laughs> but no, I think of Peterborough and I I think of it would be amazing to create something like that. Mm-hmm. A hub for creatives, a hub for businesses that really want to champion each other yeah. and, and really see each other propel and grow together. Yeah, absolutely. And, and very much put the city on the map for from that aspect really. But and you clearly done that. So how have you done that? Because it's it's amazing. It's amazing. It really is. Um I guess a lot of it is timing because there wasn't anything like it at the time when I started and I was very much I I've never paid for an advert because I've wanted the growth to be organic so the idea of the markets was that you would find out about them either by picking up a flyer from a coffee shop or um, an eatery uh, or your friend would tell you about them and I knew that I'd mastered that because I would put a questionnaire and you could win tickets to the next market so that I could date, uh, data capture where people had traveled from and how they'd heard about the market and it was friend it would be friend 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 flyer friend so it for me it was really important to put that groundwork in because then I knew that the people were walking through the door totally got what it was that yeah. I was creating each time um, but also during when I moved the markets to the roundhouse they were they need they needed to be much bigger um it's such a huge building that i would actually point on a map areas where i knew that the right customer would be and i would just go door to door so i'd put the legwork in but it meant that i was my business was in front of them Mm -hmm. and so i knew that once the market had opened i'd done everything i possibly could to make sure that it was a success for everyone yeah that sounds amazing um what sort of businesses then should we expect to see uh, at one of your markets and what did they started with when you actually started in 2008 2009 and what it is to, what is it today i think trends definitely change and mm-hmm. also the amount of people that have decided to take that leap and become their own business and self-employed i think over the years that's definitely grown and the pool of creatives is so huge now so the choice that you can can get and then how professional they are i think once when i did start the you would see there would be a lot of tabletop stuff but the product would be amazing but visually the display people (laughs) hadn't quite mastered that and then you would see someone who maybe had a shop so they got window visuals they got how to present how to you could see they'd got everything like key selling and all the visual points spot on but now um especially when we moved into the roundhouse because it was so big you needed to stand out that everybody they'd start to come and go okay i need to obviously up my game because they'd look around and people had built structures we'd had um fireplaces um sheds being brought in defenders being brought in and they were selling from that so creatively it's probably if you want to go for visual inspiration costs a little bit more than a trestle table it, doesn't it It does but if you've got someone that borrow <laughs> that you can does. borrow i definitely yeah. for the events i always like to have a defender but i 
I would love to buy one, but I would just hemorrhage money on it. And I know that <laughs> it looks great. So I, I hire one for the market. It's just great time. to hear like, people like being inspired by other people. Absolutely. Other people selling yeah. at those fairs and just realising they have to up their game. And yes. And they have to kind uh, that, of take it to that, that, that next it. level. And it's, yeah. You know, it's a key part of any marketing, isn't it? Like Even it's though easy. you're buying a... Ultimately, what is a space at a market? Yeah. You're going to come there. You've still got you've still got a job to do. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and that's that for me is exactly the same as what you've just described when you said about um, putting on these markets and actually having to physically go out and flyer and put things out in front yeah. in front of people's mm. faces. Yeah, uh, there are so many people that may have had your idea that would probably just go right. I've done it now. I've got um, I've got a sign up on that corner of the road. Yeah, <laughs> I put a few flyers in the little cafe. We're gonna. We're, I've got an Instagram account. We're good. good to go. Yeah, but you really have to like put in those those hours and yeah, absolutely. And be it's really hard kind work. Of strategic with what you're gonna do. Yeah, totally. It, from the outset, and this is exactly how it should be. I think you should be a swan. Everything looks as though it's yeah. effortless, but underneath you're just you're yeah. going for it constantly, um, and I think that's the the success for me because if I didn't do that and every time I book a new date for a market I start from scratch and I go on the assumption that nobody is going to come nobody follows me they don't know about anything yeah it is fear it is there is nothing quite like the pressure of opening an event and the prospect of nobody coming mm. or just a trickle of people. One of my one of my big personal gripes with like business quotes is that one that where people oh, it's like a, an age old cliched one and like build it and they will come. It's mm. like this idea that you've just got to build it and yeah. everyone's going to turn up. You're like yeah. no, no. Like you've got to put the work in. Like, you do. Once you built yeah. it, that's really when the next stage of the hard work starts. Yeah, absolutely. You know? It is constant. It's relent. It is relentless. And I think over the years, because I've been in events. Gosh, I think my first little one, which I realised there is a market for this, was 2008. And there's been a lot of event people come and go because from the outset, it's amazing. You walk through the event and everyone's happy and you think, okay, this, I can do this. And it's really, really hard work. And the pressure, it's not for everybody. And it's definitely not for the faint hearted. I think there there are moments where I've been setting up, something's gone wrong, an alarm's gone off, someone's plug something in it's trip the electric and then I think and then people might not come and then I just go because my husband's always there it is literally it's a village that when it it takes to put them all together and I'll just go and look at him and he'll go what's the matter I've got bad vibes about this one there's there's (laughs) too much going on before I used to be a photographer I used to I used to buy and sell vintage clothing and we used to travel and do fairs up and down the country yep um and like seeing what you've done now I have I I have a huge amount of respect for it because I used to go to those fairs and I used to feel the pressure of like we're committing here yeah. to giving somebody money for a marketplace to then hoping that people are going to turn up yeah. and then they're going to want to spend money with us. Yeah. You know, there's a lot yeah. of effort goes into it. So not only do you as the host have the pressure of just making sure the event operates, yeah. like it's the pressure of people coming through the door and spending money with your, yeah. with Absolutely. your suppliers because yeah, that's it. it only works for you as a business if your suppliers make money yeah, that's it. and i think this of so many businesses so many times we've we've touched on this before about how i think i mentioned recently about a marketing agency putting something out about like kind of marketing agencies only work if the clients are making money from your marketing efforts that's like it. your business only works if the stalls are making money yeah, that's it from there yeah from, i think that's the always the, the pressure of people are paying you money you know they're investing their hard-earned cash into what you do 
and I think that's my that is my product yeah. market and how it looks and how it operates through the day. Um, it's the same as somebody with an actual physical product. When if someone buys it, they've got to be really impressed with it. Otherwise, they're never going yeah. to come mm-hmm. back to you and buy again. And that's the idea of the markets. I, I have to get everything just right, and yeah. it doesn't always go just right. But it's just on the basis that actually so much has gone wrong on this market, but nobody really knows about it. Yeah, yeah, I'll yeah. go home, yeah. I'll have a glass of something, it'll be fine and Bottle. I'll learn from it. So yeah, absolutely. How, how do you handle the dynamics of, um, say for example, like a stallholder? A stallholder is also representative of your brand. Yeah. How often do you have to have that hard conversation or realise that somebody might not align with, do, do you pre-vet them mm. or is it, yeah. Do what people, is the criteria? Yeah, like, yeah. What's the criteria? And then what happens? With, I suppose if I'm supposed where I'm going is, if somebody slips through the net and they're like, "Oh, hold on a second, this is that a card conversation you have to have with that stallholder." Like, do you kind of go, "You need to up your game here because yeah. this isn't good enough." Yeah, absolutely. And I think the the process of um, becoming a stallholder at the market starts when I advertise the event and then people are, are welcome to fill in the register of interest and in there they have to give me not crazy amounts of information but um, key points of information about what they do where they're from where their products are from whether they make them and a link to their instagram and i i check everybody um and it's based on my knowledge of the customer coming through whether they would buy it or not and i think the years of experience i know that as much as somebody is so lovely and their product that is really popular but it wouldn't work at Mm -hmm. the market so i think it's just the years of experience knowing i've I've said yes to that type of product and it's not sold and then they're disappointed and that's the last thing that I would want. So it does happen occasionally because sometimes people come and they don't quite, they're not professional or the way that they present isn't quite right. So it's always a process process of I'm happy to work with everybody. So I, um, leading up to an event, I always hold a stallholder evening and it's an opportunity for the stallholder to come, come and have a, a coffee and I always do a little mm. bag of sweets, come and have a look around the venue. Don't come blind. You don't have to come blind and you, you can come and look approximately where your space will be and then I'll set up um, a example stand and I'll just talk about the real kind of nitty-gritty of display. and Get a gauge for the expectations. Mm. Yeah, and, and the psychology of the shopper and previous events what's worked what hasn't and I always work with a really good sample of um customers who I ask them questions so I know exactly what works what they like what they don't like and I'll always pass this on to the market stallholders Mm. as well so as much as the stallholder evening is really lovely and it's an opportunity for us all to get together it serves a purpose and it means that once they come on the morning then know exactly what they need to do Mm. so it goes through all of the process so it works really well and after the first one that I did for my first event at the roundhouse um I carried them on because they've got so much value and people totally get it then so there's nobody coming in going I don't know where I am and then they're just throwing things onto a tabletop it's kind of it's held in enough time to give them that opportunity to get creative with their stand and and see what the actual level is that they they need to be at and it's good for them because it works people love an amazing looking stand you know we're all quite fickle in that you know it's that three second rule where you've captured someone or not so they'll either walk past your stand or you've engaged them and they'll Mm -hmm. come in and there's so certain little things that you can do that aren't expensive but you can just implement them and you've captured someone's attention that gets me onto one point because i remember used to go going to work at those fairs and uh, myself and my business partner at the time, Lee, we both worked in retail. So we were f- both very much focused on like yes. customer service, yep. eye contact, yep. smiling, engaging. 
And they were often, it used to drive me, well, it used to drive me mad, but then I was like, no, it's fine. You carry on doing what you're doing because we're yeah. just going to clear up here. Yeah. Um, and, and it was that people would just sit behind their desk on their phone. And this is in like 2008, 2009. Yeah, yeah. And they'd just sit there on the phone yeah. and they'd just expect people to come up and give them money. Yeah. And me and Lee would both be on our feet, walking around the stuff, make sure everything was tidy, saying hello to everybody. And, you would be and welcome. We would, we would, you would be welcome on our stall. And yeah. we would... You That's would it. see it in our take-home pay for those, Absolutely. For those days. Absolutely, yeah. And then you'd hear the other people moaning because they haven't made anything. And they'll blame but, the organiser. Yeah, of course they will. Of course they will. Yeah, I, I, it's you know. a big thing. And, and it's it, amazing how like just that simple thing, just eye contact, yeah. communication, yeah. A, a smile. Can you just, don't need to be on someone and constantly no. coaching them. They don't need a personal shopper, but they do need to know that actually you care. Yeah, and that they're welcome to come and talk to you. Yeah, absolutely. You know, I still find that when I go around shops now. Yeah, you know, I don't expect people to be on me. Yeah, but like when people have got their back to you, or they're like just you know shut off and they're ignoring you. Yeah. Like I've kind of got a question, but I'm not. Oh, I, just, I don't yeah. feel like I walk yeah. out. Open. Yeah. Walk out. Yeah, absolutely. And it's such a basics, and we talked about it with you know Max, who came on the podcast yeah. uh, from um, Timber Foundry, and you know just the that art of just simple sales and yeah. just communication. Yeah, absolutely. I think, and over the years, I've done quite a lot of workshops, lifestyle and business, and I. have I always, every now, every few years, I'll do the to market workshop and it takes you through the nitty gritty mm. of all of that through to display. And because people, you know, if you start your own business, you have to be everything. And that's, it's not easy. And I don't think anybody really masters that. When I was a PA, you would do something and it would go on to another department. And then suddenly it's kind of, well, I'm all departments yeah. and I don't really have the time to do that. So you do kind of prioritize and generally it's, making something or it's working on the market so all of the extra little bits do get kind of put behind and so the idea of the to market workshop was to kind of get a really good grounding on all of those things and actually break it down and it's not difficult but actually it can make a big difference as well where have have you struggled in business where have have i struggled over the last sort of 10 12 years what what have been the what have been the pain points for you as a as a um, Studio Ninja, Igor. <laughs> Here we go. Yeah, I'm off again. But I, I wanted to. I just wanted to talk about one more thing because I think, and I'm not here to criticise one of our sponsors, but I think they're missing a trick. Ooh, shots fired! Tell yeah. us. Tell us what so you they think. They are. It's. It claims to be designed by photographers for photographers, which mm-hmm. it is. It is designed by photographers for photographers. Yeah. So I'm not arguing that. But it's not just for photographers. That's it. So much I just more. think it's for any, anybody that's in a service-based industry. This this piece of software is invaluable. I've had friends that are MUAs, hairstylists, florists, stylists. You know, you, you name it. I've had them all reach out, and I've given them sort of guidance and setting them up that have gone on to use Studio Ninja and like this is invaluable for our business. Yeah. So um, if Studio Ninja are listening and watching this back, might want to think about who you're targeting it yeah. to because actually yeah. I yeah. think it's. I think they're missing a trick. I think there's a, the whole market, there's a whole market out there that, you know, you don't just need to be a, ph- a photographer or a videographer in the wedding industry. If you are a service-based industry and you've got clients or couples, whoever they may be, and you need to book people in, you need to send them automated emails, invoices, um, you know, the system and the software is yeah. there for, for anybody to use in, in, in whichever business they're, they're operating in. Yeah, get student ninja. There you go. So, so what's the discount people... code, Igor? Oh. You should know it by now because I've told you a few times. Uh, let me see. Let me see. I wonder what I'm it could be. I'm guessing. I'm guessing. <laughs> um, I'm joking. It's another idea. It's that simple. So if you go to Studio Ninja, um, type in that at the checkout and you'll get 50% off for the whole year. 
and you'll get the first month free. You get the first month free, and then another idea gets 50% off their first annual subscription. There we go. There you go. Sorted. Go, go get it. Where have, have I you, struggled? Over the last sort of 10, 12 years, what, what, have been the, what have been the pain points for you as a... As a... Um, angry stall holders when the event hasn't even yet opened and they're not happy with where they are and they're literally here. And then at the end of the day, they're fine. But it's the pressure. I think I've, I do find the pressure quite hard. I have trained myself to get to be better at it, but it's one of those things where you do feel the responsibility for everybody. I remember the first event that I held at the Roundhouse and I just put my head around the corner into the big round and just looked at all of the people before we'd opened. And I, li- I had that moment of, and I had like a mini panic attack and it was fine. But I think that also serves me well yeah. because I don't ever take anything for granted. So the pressure's hard. Um, Oh gosh, I think it's just seeing small businesses come and go. I think that's hard as well. Mm. There's been a lot that have sailed through with me, um, but especially this year, we've lost three already that are amazing, but it it is retail's hard. So it's kind of just sailing through and and getting to know people and then suddenly like, oh, we're having to close. And so that that is hard, but yeah, I'd say the pressure, everything else, because I was a PA, that was a really good grounding for organising. Yeah, I love it. Yeah. Spreadsheets. So if you, if yeah, you kind of come days. to learn that that's, is that kind of just, you accept that now and that's part of the process, that yeah, pressure. I yeah. think if you probably didn't feel that, you'd probably be a bit like, there'd be I'd, alarm bells going yeah, off. Yeah, something would go wrong and go, that's why, because you yeah. just took it for granted. Took your eyes off yeah. the... Yeah, that's it. And I just, uh, everything I start from scratch with on the basis that nobody... actually do they want it and how do you make them I think that's the thing with markets is any kind of event you're asking somebody to come and spend their time with you Mm. and there's so much value on that and I think that's where you can't assume that I'll just put a market on and it'll be fine people will come it's that even down to the flyer when you, you you see it and everything's a visual that entices someone in it's that encouraging somebody to come away whether they're meeting the girls at the market and they're leaving yeah they're arranging childcare. there's just so many levels of it that I've always liked to give thought to because as soon as someone comes to the market they've chosen to yeah. travel because yeah. it's not somewhere you would pass it's a destination and that's always kind of make motivated me is that you have to yeah. encourage everybody each time I think this is about not taking things for granted isn't it yeah and just being thorough mm-hmm you know, it doesn't matter what industry you're in. Like, again, well, mm. let's bring it back to me and you as photographers. Yeah. Like, I would never go to a wedding and just go, oh, I know what I'm doing here. Yeah. yeah. Like, it's always that, like, internal yeah. pressure and that, yeah, definitely. that level of, oh, I've got to deliver here. Yeah. yeah you know, absolutely. I started scripting my talk. We're speaking at Thrive, aren't we, in yeah. a couple of weeks? And I started, yeah. I start, started scripting my talk last night. And even even that, you, you're kind of going, no, come on, I've got to turn up. I've got to t- it's an yeah. hour long talk. Yeah. I've got to turn up. I've got to deliver. I yeah. want to make it good. Yeah, that's it. You, you know, want there's always that value. level of, you know, I've got, I'm going to commit. If you're going to do something, you just give it, give it the best shot. Yeah, and you work absolutely. Hard yeah. Well, my yeah. motivation is every now and again, I'll get caught in rush hour traffic. This is why you work so hard because yeah. I don't want to go back. I've, an old boss of mine is, is always said whenever, you know, if you want to come back and brilliant. So I know that I, I kind You've of got a safety net. Yeah. But to a point where I don't want to go back mm. to working in an office, doing the, the school run I'm doing the school run at the moment normally it's my husband's job because we both work from home um and that's his kind of walks the dogs drops Lily at school and then comes back and then he's ready Mm. to to kind of get to work whereas I'm doing that at the moment because I've got the 
gather creative space for March. So I'm doing the school drop off and then I'm driving over to um, Peak Village and I'm kind of, wow, so this is it. Now it's a month and I'm fine with that, but then I'm going to be back at working <laughs> from home. So it's a great motivation to suddenly get caught in rush hour traffic and remember all those years when you were desperate to get home, but you were stuck in, you knew you had at least another half hour of red really, lights. That's a really positive thing to take away, isn't it? Yeah. Just having that little motivator in the back yeah, of your mind that yeah. just reminds you and goes, I know I've got something to be really grateful for yeah, here. Yeah, totally. But I'm also not going to let anyone take it away from me. Yeah. No, that's it. That's what keeps me going. And that kind of first few years of fab places and it would be quarter to nine and I'd be... Oh, do you have that? Oh, I'm not driving to work. Do you have that? What's yeah. your cut? Do you have something in the back of your mind that's like, I'm not going back to that? I suppose mine would be boots and like being in that office and just like a... Yeah. A mm. mund- like... I enjoyed the people that I worked with a little bit, but it was just boring. I was yeah. bored. Mine's definitely yeah. MasterCard. MasterCard, because... You've got to be careful um, what you say, because they actually they actually paid us some money yesterday. <laughs> um, they, are, they are one of the paid sponsors, so just be careful. I used to work for MasterCard, and yeah, just the whole idea of being sat at a desk working for mm-hmm. someone, um, that's a big thing for me. I just... Um, um, I don't like being told what to do. Mm, I hear you. <laughs> no, you definitely don't, do you, Igor? No, I don't. No. <laughs> you know that. Scene. I know that. Yeah. My wife we'll get, knows we'll that. We'll get onto that. We'll get onto that in a minute. <laughs> I don't like to be told what to do, but I think whilst that can be a weakness, that can be very much of a strength of, okay, I don't like to be told what to do, but I have to push things. Yes. Mm. I have to drive things myself. So, um, that really, really drives me. Yeah. That really yeah. pushes I, me to kind of like, I don't want to go back to that place. Yeah, yeah. Absolutely. And we're all like, we're all, we're all here because we're creative. Exactly. You know, like sitting in an office with no creativity in yeah. our lives is, it's absolutely soul destroying. Yeah. I work with so, so many long. amazing small businesses based on that, that they've had that job. Mm. The one illustrator, she worked for Hallmark and right, we, we need this card and this card. So she'd be like, but you've got this restriction yeah. that you've got to work within. She's like, yeah. no. So but the restriction's been... so much that it's like, you've already done the design for me. I yeah, just exactly. Me you just make, want me to make it look pretty. Uh, yeah. Like, yeah, that's it. So that's the basis of a lot of, especially the illustrators and um, the actual people that, the artisans where they make with mm. their hands. And if you're that kind of person and you're sat in an office, yeah, it's really frustrating. Yeah. And I think you touched the nail on the head, really. If you're that sort of person that very much like... Because you get people that are very much happy to work in an uh, office, nine to five. They live for the weekend. Do, yeah, do yeah. what they do and everything yeah. else. But um, for us, uh, collectively, we, we very much agree that what drives us is that, that aspect of, no, I want to start my own yeah. thing and yeah. do it and do it well. Yeah. And I think then once you've, once you've done that and you've, you've realised the potential of it yeah. and like you've... Uh, you've talked about going through like 28, uh, 2008 and building it and yeah. once you've realised that you you can monetize it and you can grow something oh, it's and the you can best build feeling. like the yeah. level of satisfaction that you can take from yeah. that it's mm-hmm. just I, I mean you could offer me three or four times that in a salary in a job and I'd, I'd yeah. say no, no thanks I'm uh, all absolutely. Right because yeah. it's just not worth it I mean yeah. uh, maybe I would take that depends what kind of office did you have a good view because I know, because I know, I know deep down, I would be miserable. Mm-hmm. I'd be miserable. Yeah, I would really miss the markets. I'm uh, Lily, um, my little girl, who's kind of gone through that whole process. So, mom and dad have both run their own businesses. Um, so we have to have that little reality check with her every now and again because 
she doesn't have to go to after school club or breakfast club we're there for her and that was part of once we decided to start a family was who's going to be at home who's going to do the school drop-off who's going to go pick Lily up we need to be available because otherwise why are we doing it so that's we're available for her we take off the well we tag team the half terms I always take August off well I say I take August off but once she's in bed I'm kind of working away because things get really busy in September but that's that's the kind of the reward really is that Lily's kind of had this really creative environment so between David and I you know she keeps coming up with different ideas like <laughs> work, keep working on that so we're molding this little entrepreneur um because I imagine I think she's that's a beauty. great helper at the at the markets and we're getting there <laughs> I think it's just that it's we've got a um a She's not on van driving duty just yet. No. Not yet, although, yeah, she's she's very much, she does come and she'll often point things out. And I can see I've got a little critic there yeah. already, which How is amazing. Is she? So she is 11, so she'll yeah. be going to senior school soon. So she's at that level where she's quite opinionated, which I totally love. And she's a mini me, so I can't complain. You know? <laughs> I've, I've, I've kind of created this. Um, but yeah, so I'm, I'm seeing her, whether she wants to get involved with either coding or actually the the events or doing our own thing we just want to kind of really nurture nurture her yeah, yeah the possibilities for her are endless really when I was at school I wanted to be a freelance photographer so I love photography so it enables me to everything visual that you see on fabulous places I've done it which means which is really good for me because I can in one morning decide I want to create something then I'll do the photography put all the branding over the top and then it's it's done but it means that I'm in such control mm-hmm. of what I do and the feel for what I want to put out there as well but I think my dad sat me down and said so if you become a freelance photographer you do know you have to earn your own money so like, what do you mean <laughs> what what is this um so I kind of went into business studies and then fell into being a PA but again I always had that kind of this, yeah. this is not for me. You I just really don't get, see this don't long really term. To, um, you don't really get to do that photography role in, in a PA job, do you? No, definitely not. You get to do lots of things, but yeah, the, the creative, I'll take photos. Yeah, they, yeah. they pay a lot of money for, I think that was the thing. And also why my husband decided to start his own business, primarily it was building websites and you see how much mm. they get paid or they pay other companies. It's like, I did that all on my own. Yeah. So, you know, is that, is that um that level of control that you have, I, I'm, this isn't me, I'm just, I'm just thinking, do you, mm-hmm. is that something you struggle to let go of? Totally, yeah, I've tried Does working. Does it limit your business yeah. or do you, I mean, obviously mm. it's, I don't know where I'm going with this. I'm just trying to think of like, is that an area that, have you tried to let outsource? Have you yeah, tried to let yeah, go of it? Has it I've, worked, has it not worked? What's, it doesn't work, no, because Fabulous Places is Deb and I think, it, and I've learned that and I've come to appreciate and, and kind of come to an understanding that actually the people that come to the markets, the people that book onto workshops that I do, they because it's it's me doing it. Mm. And I did try to take fabulous places when it was a where to go places to Nottingham and quickly realised that Nottingham is quite different to Derbyshire. Mm. Um, and the person that I gave it to to run with wasn't me. So it's that's when I had that conversation. I've always literally poured my husband's ears. I chew every every <laughs> night, but he's a really good sounding board. And he said, "It's just you're just going to have to do something where you're in control." And the idea of um, fran- I, I was approached about franchising the markets. I was like, absolutely not because I think I'll just mm. that will cause more damage than good. And I'm I'm actually good with what I do. Yeah. And I think that's the thing. If 
with being creative. So we're so flexible. And I think that's why we, so many of us thrive through lockdown. I took the markets online because you can and we're small and you don't need to implement huge things. You can be so flexible. And I think that's the the benefit that we have over the larger businesses is that we can just react so quickly to things and change what we do. I mean, mm. I'm, I'm not the same business as when I started out. And I, I knew that it would be an organic process and I was, I didn't have a business plan. And I'm really grateful for not having that. I kind of thank myself for not being too structured um, because over the years I've done some amazing things that had I not been open to looking at them, I probably would have missed out on so much and it's made the business become what it is today because I've been flexible and I've responded to something that's happening and seen that there's a gap or there's a niche that's not being covered so yeah, yeah it's just about being responsive in a small business as we're, Adapting, we're so it? good yeah. at that yeah um, it's really admiring really admiring to hear that because I think there's there's probably a lot of people that would listen or that, that may put themselves in that position they go no it's, I've got to I've got to grow this thing I've got to scale mm. it I've got to make yeah. it I'm yeah. going to make my millions here. And, and actually, it's not always the case. It's, it's just no. you have a, a wonderful business that supports and provides you and your family yeah. for you and your family, but also supports and provides for other families yeah. and other people and, and their businesses. Yeah, um, I think sometimes the value that a business can bring supersedes that opportunity of looking and thinking, OK, you can scale up. And I've, I've worked with a lot of small businesses that have tried wholesale they've gone to the trade fairs and it's not all mm. that suddenly their their product has been devalued and they've lost their motivation mm. for it so i've always stood quite firm in that as long as i'm happy with what i'm earning it supports the lifestyle that i like yeah. um and i enjoy doing what i'm doing then I'm, I'm here yeah, yeah absolutely that sounds amazing um you touch upon it previously and a little bit now in terms of um having knowing those Nottinghamshire or Nottingham customers and in comparison to Derbyshire. So what would you say is your customer today that you see walking in and out through through the markets and how many roughly? Gosh, so over over the years, the markets have changed from small venues where we the capacity was at maximum. Then I moved to the roundhouse. So when the roundhouse in Derby opened, I went to have a look around and I was like, no, 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 it's just, that's ridiculously big. Um, went just home. People listening, just to give context, is, is the old sort of a uh, turning, turning, train turning yeah. station, wasn't it? So yeah. it would be, it would have a train turntable in the middle. Yeah, wow, it so was it's, huge. So it's, huge. Yeah, it's massive, yeah. At, big space. Yeah, crazy space. Wonderful so, character. Very, much, very similar to in here. You know, yeah, like, it's uh, very much this feel. You would walk in work. and it would smell of oil in the woods still. It was, <laughs> and they'd spent so much money in bringing it back to life, but it was primarily a college and it had an event side to it. So I, I went for a look around. It was stunning, very exciting, but said no initially. So I knew once I went home and my husband kind of just write down, we, we, we list mm. what the pros and the cons. And then suddenly you realize the pros are really long and you need to stop stressing and just crack on with it. But um, <laughs> so the first market, I know that's it was like, hold damn, on damn. Let's just hold on one second. <laughs> because I think anybody listening will go, yeah, that's basically me. Yeah. Yeah. I do that all the time. Yeah. Let's, let's just talk through that process a little bit. So what, so what, what, have, what changed from going like writing that, what was the benefit of that list? And um, just being able to grow because I did need to grow at that point. I needed to make more money um, because the first couple of years of Fab Places were great and it was serving a purpose, but it wasn't making me a salary that mm. 
would justify any longer really me being at home and not going to work so I needed to grow and I also had a vision for the markets that they would have all of these different elements so we would bring different areas and when you're working with smaller venues you can't do that you just fill it with stall holders yeah. and it is what it is um so the 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 process of taking it to the roundhouse took it from what was a small market feel with maybe 30 to 40 stall holders to i would say at its height uh, 120 stall holders and wow. we'd have over 9,000 through the door over a Christmas market weekend. Incredible. I would need 15 stewards, six St. John's ambulance, a personal team. <laughs> I know, I know it was nuts, wow. but the stress, it was so stressful. Wow. Um, we would have so many visitors come through and the, the queue would start at just after nine o'clock, we would open at 10. And I remember the longest it went all the way around the roundhouse. It was exciting, yeah, it was wonderful. But when lockdown hit, they closed as a venue, um, so they're, they're back to just being a, a college. Um, so it did give me that opportunity to, again, go to that list. What mm-hmm. do you enjoy? What what parts of running the, the big event did you not enjoy as much? And it was the logistics of it and the, the stress that comes with that. You've got maybe 2,000 people in a venue at one time and people can be quite silly for. and they trip over and yeah. then suddenly it's kind of, you've got, walkie-talkies and St. John's ambulance people running around and it was amazing and it was for 10 years and it was it was a, a, an amazing time and I'm so grateful for it but when lockdown hit it did give me that moment of that one hour walk remember that you were allowed and we would go around Fritchley and my husband and I and Lily would just chat about everything and we had that one hour and I would just fire things at him because I thought I've got no business here physically I don't see as soon as we went into lockdown I didn't see a market happening that year so I needed to think what am I going to do do I just not work this year I'd built a pot of money and I've got this thing where I, I always like something to fall back on should the event not be able to happen um, and that was exactly that so I created the online markets but also a I planned for when I came back with in-person market, what did I want to do? So I still wanted a decent size market, but I wanted to take it back to that really lovely, comforting countryside feel. Yeah. But still ticking all the boxes, but just on a smaller scale than the roundhouse. I think I probably will go back to bigger events at one point, but maybe for now I'm just kind of nurturing the the smaller I mean, still 50 stall holders we still get you know, thousands of people come through um so it's just about i'm just being self-indulgent at mm. the moment and doing what i really love and working on the areas that i really enjoy and i get that creative satisfaction from we've got party going on upstairs haven't we we do they've, they've dropped they've dropped the <laughs> tunes in the gym are we missing out <laughs> so, okay it's almost like you're bringing me to a close i'm like the music's coming in um, smoke just going, going back to that going back to the the part where you talked about going to the roundhouse and going no it's too big mm. I, I, it's not right and then obviously kind of coming back and reassessing that yeah i think what's really incredible is that you kind of you don't you tested the water so that you knew you knew you had a product and a, a and a platform yes. in which to kind of scale yeah um and and i just love that you obviously knew that you got you got to scale it somehow because you talked openly about having to, it had to make more money yeah. right yeah. but i think the big thing from that that i took from you just talking about it is just that you probably recognize you had to take a risk Oh gosh, yeah. Scary. Scary as hell. It was just, I remember the the lead up to that market. 
I think the pressure that I'd put myself in, I'd, there were just so many moments where I'm like, damn, you opted into this. You can't, I can't even blame anybody. It's like the stress that you're feeling right now is totally your fault. But then once I held that first market and the feeling afterwards, stallholders were leaving and it was, bye dad, that was amazing. It's like, that's it. Yeah. That's, that's exactly that's it. I think it's, I think it's really reassuring to hear that, you know, an event like that or a business of any scale doesn't happen without a few ingredients. And that is mm. like the hard work that you've put in first and foremost, yep. the graft, the like the creative vision and the aesthetic that you've put together. Yeah. And then and then the risk. Yeah. Like such you big you risk. You didn't know it was gonna work out. No. You don't. No, no one and it, no quite one easily really does. it could have been no a flop. one really does. Yeah. You've it given it a been, go. Yeah. Because I started Fab Places during a financial recession and I was asking people to come and spend money on things they don't need yeah. <laughs> it's like this yeah. is not a good idea but I, I knew that it would work because I based my my customer is very much like me and I don't if I see something I might not need it but I want it and if I don't buy it I'll probably obsess about it and go online and order it anyway so <laughs> I always base it on things that I would buy the type of environment I would like to be in and the things I'd like to do when I'm there. And that's kind of my starting mm. point. And then I work very closely with a group of um, regular visitors. And I always ask the stallholders for feedback, um, uh, constructive, mostly. But you, but you always, I think you always have to be open to criticism and feedback because that's actually helped the markets grow and change things as the years have, have gone on. So I always ask people's opinion because I think you can so much... So much can be done really well with the business, but then suddenly you can be quite tunnel vision and it's very much, but I love this and this will work and this will be amazing. And But you haven't really asked anyone else if yeah. they would be yeah. interested in it I find it amazing either. that you do that. You have sort of like a, a panel, yeah. almost like a panel of yeah. visitors really yeah. that all very much like say that, yeah, yeah. this was good. Yeah, that and not if I've so got good. an idea, should I do this? Yeah. Don't worry, no, don't do that. Have you yeah. ever had feedback that has been like totally brutal? Uh, yeah, I think at the Roundhouse, it, they were amazing years, very, very busy, but it was too busy for a lot of people. And that was generally um, the it's feel that you would get. Though, isn't it? You know, yeah. like you're putting on an event, you want it to be busy. Like, and what? then it's too, too busy. busy. That's too I mean, busy. Yeah. Words, and we're like clicking awkward. and we're monitoring numbers and we're totally fine capacity wise, yeah. but it's too busy for some people to feel relaxed enough mm. to, to shop. Yeah. So I have had the victim of your own success line. Yeah. Like, don't really feel a victim, but I will definitely take that on board. And we work on creating more shopping. So we would we opened up more areas. So once you can make it bigger, yeah, we'll make it bigger. bigger. More space. So yeah, it's it's just about. I do like to listen, and as much as that can be quite tricky and Mm -hmm. quite hard, um, you you do have to take the bruises with all the lovely, fluffy, fun times as well. Um, But I think that has really helped with. The longevity of the business as well it's just always adapting and listening to people and actually realizing that i don't know everything i'm not always right um but i do like to self-indulge i think if you can't do that in your own business then yeah. what are you doing exactly and <laughs> um, if you could uh sorry i think you were gonna ask them there but yeah. if, if i'm just gonna ask this question if you could talk to somebody that's sat in that office now mm. maybe just listening on the sly you shouldn't be listening to our podcast yet. Yeah. <laughs> You've got work to do, people. Um, what would you? What would you words like? Say somebody's got like just this little idea in the back of their mind, or they've maybe started something. What would your kind of advice be to them? Um, I would just explore it. Talk to someone who you respect the opinion of. Um, 
really look at what it is that you want to do and, and make and is it will it make you money and I think that's the, that's where a lot of people go wrong is that they don't really look at how much it costs to create that product do they are they how are they going to sell it does it mean that they have to go to market are they the kind of person that will enjoy going to markets because if that's the only way you can sell your product I know a lot of people that hate standing there and selling direct it's really challenging and they they kind of feel being around lots of people is not their comfort zone so you really have to look into the the nitty-gritty of what it is that you want to do and actually will it earn you a living Um, because I think a lot of people do dive in and then they realize that they're kind of not working they're working a lot for very very little and you can only do that for a certain amount of time but if you've got something that you know will work and it can make you money then just give it a go even if if you can do it with your job and it allows you to do it just have a little dabble on Mm -hmm. the side so if i'm a creative and i want to be part of your markets what what do i need to do go to the website click on the markets there's a register of interest fill that in and i will sit and take a look at you and get straight back to you with all the information Um, but i do also that this is the most challenging and my I don't like this side of it is having to say no Mm -hmm. but I will always let people know because I think it's so important I think there's a lot of people that don't get back to people um but I'll always say it's not quite right and there's been a few people that have come back saying what do I need to do and I'm more than happy to work with people because if I see potential then it will work at the markets and I know the visitors will love it too so I it takes me a long time because there's only me um and I think for the market, when I announce a market, I'll suddenly get 50 to 60 pings come through and it's registers of interest. And obviously that takes quite a lot of time. And there's people that I know their products, so I don't really need to check. I just know if they're right. And then the new people, I do have to go and look. So I'll go on their Instagram first. So that's why I say Instagram is so, so important. Yeah, so it's definitely a great portfolio. It is a portfolio. Showcase, isn't it? Yeah, absolutely. Especially for someone like me that just really needs to capture what you're about very, very quickly. So whenever I talk to small businesses, as much as you might not see the recognition in the numbers on Instagram, don't forget that that's not what people are always using it for. It's so valuable for me. And I don't know where I'd be with Fab Places without it. You want to see that people are active on it as well, don't you, a little bit? Yeah, that's it. Because I suppose a byproduct of bringing a a stall holder on that is active is that they're going to increase your marketing efforts a little bit. It's a big tick for me, yeah. And it's not like that's the main criteria but I imagine if I was in your position I'd be like I want to see that people are going to make a bit yeah. of an effort for me that's marketing it. wise because yeah. it helps everybody it does like, help a, you're yeah. a collective aren't you really yeah you know no that's one's it. in it just for themselves you know it's this kind of again this small island like my island mentality isn't it it's like you've got yeah. to just be part of the bigger wider network absolutely and we need to as much as yes the onus is on me to bring people through the door if you're new to the markets then let's tap into your community and also your community is going to want to know that they can come and meet you in person and buy from you Mm. at an event and if you don't tell them that how will they know amen amen to that are the other businesses that you see within the stalls, are they always with physical products or sometimes services? Uh, yeah. Does it vary? It does. It, there's always a mix. There's um, We've had interior designers, um, wedding stylists, photographers come um, because, and this is just an example. So there's a lady who came to the markets, still comes to the markets for years. She's now having children with um, the chap she married. So she came 
single, then they came as a couple, then mm-hmm. they got married and they used the suppliers because there's a florist there, she does wedding flowers. We've got illustrators that do wedding stationery. We've got caterers that do weddings. So you could come to a Fab Places market and totally kit out your, your wedding. And I think that's also the side of it that people don't really realise. Uh, we also have a lot of people looking for suppliers. They'll come, we, we get a lot of businesses come and they're looking for the next product that they want to, to yeah. bring in. So it's when you go really to a market, cool. it's a huge, it's not just someone buying on the day. And I always try and put so much emphasis on that. It's the people that are, are kind of looking, you must give the same energy to everybody because you just don't know who they are. Yeah, That sounds incredible. Mm, yes, yeah. yeah. never judge. Yeah, such never a judge. It's such a good way of thinking about it as well. The fact that you're, it's not just customers that are, that are mingling around, mm. it's business partners that you could very much team up with yeah. and yeah. something can come out from it. No, it's incredible. Um, obviously we've spoken a lot about the markets, but you did touch upon it a little bit about doing other things on the side as well, mm. like, business workshops yeah um just talk to me more about it um so over the years i have done lifestyle workshops so this has been um styling table dressing so it's where it's just my creative outlet because i love interiors um i love having people around the house celebrating and i think that what a a friend of mine um we sat chatting we're like well why don't we do it she was a stylist i'm not a a proper stylist but I do all that home styling and entertaining so why don't we just do something around Christmas that encompasses that kind of Nigella feel where you've totally got it sorted and you can come join us for an evening and we'll go through everything with you <laughs> you know t- even just entertaining food ideas all of that and it that we called that the school of Christmas and it that went on for five years um, I, mean, I really hope, just brilliant. as a little side thing to that, that Nigella's got a room in her house that's just an absolute shit tip. Oh, totally. She's <laughs> like, not got it all together. Like, Come on. Like, you open the door and it's just shit <laughs> everywhere. Yeah. <laughs> We've all got that room and I've got this yeah. thing where you give me half an hour, please don't just come and knock on the door. Because I've got <laughs> kids, dogs, life. Yeah. You know. um, but alongside that, back in 2014, I started the Creative Business Workshops because there was... I'll always remember, and it was so it was so valuable at the time that I met with the business link chap when I first started to, to think about fabulous places because there wasn't a creative workshop that yeah. you could go to, and he said, "Oh, I don't think you've got anything here." He said in the <laughs> nicest possible way, and I was like, "Okay, that's fine. I'm not going to listen to you. I don't listen. No. You know, that's not what I wanted to hear. I'm totally focused." Luckily, I didn't listen to him, but it made me realise that actually, throughout those first five six years of running a business, that there wasn't anything out there where. Um, a business, even if it had been going for a while, could come and get the basics of product display, you know, mm. how to present yourself online, how to present yourself in person. So we encompassed all of that. So I would work, I would club with a photographer, marketing person, and then a visual kind of stylist. Yeah. And that's what the workshop would be. So someone could come and then go with a really good base level of actually for the next event I've got loads of things that I can implement and be inspired so the workshops um, I still do them occasionally but they they went on probably just before lockdown they mm. they finished and I probably saw maybe about 4,000 people through the workshops wow, wow. That's so incredible. I, yeah they I mean, were what, what I love about that as well is that you've you've gone to one person who shut your idea down yeah and I think there'll, there'll be some people that probably would have taken that very person and gone, oh, okay, yeah. no, I'm not going to, okay, yeah, he yeah, said I won't right. do that. Yeah. Yeah. But like, I think the lesson is that like, not everybody has to share your vision. No. Like, it's one person. 
one person. Yeah, you know, but they sometimes can make a you get big that from a family member. You know, family members yeah. can be quite, they can be brilliantly championing. They can be like, oh yeah, you're great. You're do, it's going to be amazing, which can also be a, a bit of a trap. Yeah, um, yes. They can also be like, no, don't be <laughs> stupid. You won't make anything of that. Yeah. You know, but like, I think a balance of those down, two things is yeah, perfect. If you, you deep down believe in what you have to offer, yeah. like you've just got to go for it. You because do. if you don't, you end up looking back in five, 10, 15 years time going, Oh shit! Yeah, why, just didn't, I just, it. why yeah. didn't I just give that one thing a go? You you often kind of hear people go, they are they they had that idea. Yeah, I had that idea years ago. That person now is absolutely smashing it. Yeah, absolutely. You know, I hear that like, well, a lot. You know, yeah. just you didn't have the action. Like it's great to have the idea, but you've got to put the action in. You've absolutely. got to put the work in. Yeah, I think there's there's definitely a lot of businesses that probably haven't made it to market because of that. Someone's just given them that kind of punch in the stomach that was just like okay yeah. i'm just i'm dreaming and then they just can't continue yeah. at work um, but luckily for me there's such a wonderful pool of creatives but i think the the markets because they've grown and the the, the value that they have now that we we do get people traveling from all over the uk um and also stall holders coming from all different counties because they know that actually that journey is worthwhile and they'll be kind of put in this wonderful community with amazing shoppers that come that totally get yeah. what they're about and sh- having an online shop is amazing and during lockdown even better i think everybody that was set up to sell online really you were doing something wrong if you didn't do well online during lockdown especially in my community it was um even you could just sell through instagram by posting a, a photo but once we came out of that I think everyone then realised that you do need this in-person physical um, interaction for people to buy. So that's where the importance of the markets have come in. And for me, that was really important because there was a particular small business, and I won't name her because we've had this chat afterwards, uh, during lockdown, she says, oh, I don't think we'll need markets again. This is amazing. I'm like, this is a moment in time. Yeah. It's everyone like stuck no at home. Yeah. I put the markets online and the first market that we held, it crashed the server, the amount of people that were coming on it. So I knew that it was amazing. Let's make the most of this moment where people can't be in mm. an enclosed area. But as soon as people were able to be out and about, that's exactly what they wanted to do. So markets, I think the markets will always be there. But as I've seen from when I first started to where they are now, they've evolved and they've become a shopping experience. And people expect the same experience as if they were going to a really cool high street. So that's that's what you have to curate every time you run, you run a market. Otherwise, yeah. they just won't come back. Yeah. So where's Five Places today and where do you want it to be over the next few years? Um, so... Today, the events are amazing. I'm creating some really lovely partnerships with some new venues to help them create events to bring an audience to them. So it's there's a bit of consulting and also more events happening this year, which is really lovely. Um, I'm working with the Devonshire Group to bring pop-ups to Peak Village. They're trying to regenerate that area. And I'm also, at the moment, it's an I'm holding just for March a it's a non-profit creative space that people can come in and use work use for photo shoots I've got a little pop-up shop there as well that's until the 29th um so I'm going to continue doing what I'm doing because everything's all great at the moment um but I also want to go back to how the the business started so I am working on a digital places guide as well just because I feel I miss it and Mm. I feel as much as I love the events, I do 
need to have this little bit I need to bring the business back to to what it was so whether that will be just digital or I'll go to a printed booklet that that people can kind of order and it'll be UK wide as well so any yeah, plans to have a fab places in Peterborough <laughs> <laughs> depends let's look at the venues people will travel they will travel everywhere you enjoy your funk and soul as well yes. Yes. <laughs> well this will this will really test out whether the voice isolation tool in Final Cut Pro will, yeah. will, so if you can hear it the voice isolation tool hasn't worked as well as we hope um, if you can hear it it's quite nice yeah, yeah it's alright it's, quite... it's a part of the atmosphere isn't it um, do you want to wrap it up to the final question indeed um, so if you met 14 year old Deb today mm. what sort of advice would you be giving her gosh um Stop trying to be a people pleaser because you can't please everyone. Um, and don't overthink. Um, that's definitely been a learning process for me and I still do it. But trying to please everyone and overthinking everything, I'm like, just don't do it. Be you. I'm so proud of, of Lily, um, my daughter, who she doesn't get FOMO and she's got her own style and she's just... Yeah. There was a party that she couldn't make, and I was like, "Oh, you know, are you going to miss it?" No, it's fine. You know, it's, she just doesn't really. She cares enough, and she doesn't over care about things. Yeah. I'm like, I really wish I was more like you. I just needed <laughs> to be in the. I needed to be liked by everybody, and everybody to be kind of what you're doing is great. And I think you do that when you're younger, and, yeah, and you, so. and you very, go through a stage. Very, very limiting beliefs, aren't they? Yeah, like they're really, that's it. They can and they, hold they, you back, can't they? They're so. It's so the the friend group that you have and the way that you spend your social time is so important when you're younger. I'd love to just say, don't sweat that. Don't yeah. sweat the small stuff so much. Um, but I think also saying that, I think part of everything that I went through growing up, it does help you become a much wiser um, and definitely a more thoughtful person when you're older because you've had those experiences. But yeah, I would have really loved to not try to please everyone as much because then you end up not pleasing yeah. yourself and... I think I'm at the age now where I'm, I'm going to please myself. You know, make sure, as long as I'm not upsetting everyone, I'm going to self-indulge, and that's exactly what I'm doing at the moment. It's been um, it's been a really inspiring conversation. Um, I think Murder was right. Total legend. <laughs> <laughs> really, really enjoyed listening to you. Um, I've found your story and your journey of the past sort of 12, 13 years really like really admirable and, and really inspiring. It makes me feel so um, old I think though, I've goodness. Said, I think I've said inspiring a few times, but genu- genuinely, I think <laughs> it's, it. I think a lot of people will listen to this and they'll be able to really relate to what you've, what you've described and that journey yeah. that you've been on. Yeah. Um, and, and I genuinely think people, it will make a lot of people go, oh no, okay, no, I, I can do it. I can yeah, go and do absolutely. this. I can yeah. make it work. Yeah. Um, you've just got to have that belief, have that vision and then just execute it to the yeah. best of your ability, haven't you? Yeah, that's it. Um, where can people find you? Um, online. Uh, I'll say Instagram first because I always go to someone's Instagram before their website. Um, it's Fabulous Places um, and it's fabulousplaces.co.uk where I put all of the information. So everything that I'm doing, everything that's coming up, it's all on there and hopefully you can find it quite easily from the, the navigation. But yeah, I'm very active on Instagram. So if you want to follow, find out when the next market is, it's that's the place to head to. Yeah, and you've got some coming up very soon, haven't you? Yes, so at the moment I'm running the pop-up creative space at Pete Village. That's until the 29th of March, which any small business can tap into. And that looks amazing, by the way. I'm enjoying really, that. Really, really yeah. amazing. I looked at it and was like, whoa. 
the minimalism and yeah. just the space in itself just beautiful yeah so I literally raided home so everything that you see <laughs> is pretty much from home and I borrowed from a lot of other small businesses so it was put together on a shoestring but it's a, a non-profit thing and it's a really lovely office for me as well for, for March so that's at the moment and then the 1st of April is the spring market at Shuttle Hall mm-hmm. amazing stuff Sounds like you've got a big year ahead. Really busy. Busy, yes. Lots to crack on with. Yeah, lots of things to kind of focus forward on. And I'm a big believer in you need things to keep focusing forward on. So, yeah. well, thank you. Thank you so, so much for just coming coming out and just giving us your time and Pleasure. just sharing thank your you. story and your thoughts and your journey. Um, if you've enjoyed listening to this, give Fabulous Places a shout out on Insta. Indeed. Um, and get yourself along to one of the events because they're, they're absolutely incredible. Um, and Igor will be moving to Derby very soon. Uh, I'm really, I'm working on it, people. I'm working on it. Um, I'm going to go and destroy the final bit of my pano chocolate that you bought me, um, and we'll go and put the heater on because it's getting a bit chilly. Are you feeling that? Yeah. <laughs> Thank you, guys. See you, fam. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health-monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinarian developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.